Hello, and welcome to MiceCast for the hosts, Greg, Mike, and Richard. Hello, we're going to try to make it quick tonight, so we're done. Thank you. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Good night. Um, Good night. I wish, been, uh, what, I wish you'd have told me you were going to make it quick. Really? Why? Go ahead. I don't know. Okay. Just so I could roll with it easier. Gotcha. All right. Uh, we're going to answer email tonight. It's a one from Josh from the DPM forums, also known as uh, JL Banker on the forums. And so go ahead and read it, Mike. It says, I am not sure if this could work as a show topic, but I am curious. What keeps you guys interested in Disneyland? This year I've gone to Disneyland more times than any other time of my life, and though I enjoy it, I get a little tired of some classic attractions. I keep interested in some attractions by purposely not going on every ride each visit. To Mike and Greg, with the frequency you guys go, what brings you back? What keeps you interested after all these years? To Richard, since you work there five days a week, if you can call it work, right? How is it that you can still enjoy Disneyland and enjoy talking about it on this here very show? So That's a fair question. I think, that's, that's a fair I think question it's a good question. Because when well, I read it, it gets, how do, I, I was well, like, you read it. well, when I, when I first read it, <laughs> wait, I missed something. <laughs> Both of you guys have been trying to talk for, you know, like 30 seconds talking on each other and, you know, getting half sentences out of just making me laugh. All right. Well, when I first read it two days ago, I was like, uh, because <laughs> I could, I was having a hard time quantifying a reasonable answer. Quantifying? Yeah, That's it's a quantifying. Big word. Qualifying. Quantifying. Yeah, I was trying to, it was hard to put the thoughts in some coherent fashion. So, do you got anything, Richard? Do you got, do you have some answer that you can say, even though you work there five days a week, you still enjoy talking about it? Well, I think one one of the things he says is right right par for the course is that you don't do it everything all the time. Uh, unlike when you know we've talked about going to Florida and when we've gone to visit the other parks, especially hardcore Mr. Greg McNaughton over there, he has to hit everything no matter what. But I try to do the same as well, even though I don't quite make it. But when we're visiting the, the local park here, I think part of the part of the fun is you don't have to try you don't you don't try to um, what do you want to say Rambo the whole thing and just hit everything. You you take it one piece at a time and you just kind of enjoy yourself with it. You just go with the flow. You just yeah, because you feel you feel no obligation to go on anything or do anything. Right, and that way, if I if if you go in today and I spend. 45 minutes, okay, that's how today is. Tomorrow I might spend two or a half, three hours into it. Um, for me personally, when I'm working there, first of all, you know, you're kind of into the magic anyways because you're working it all the time. But <laughs> oh, sorry. I was about to say bullshit myself, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Who spilled the cookies back there? Uh, that was Greg. Wine doesn't taste as good going the other way. <laughs> I, Did you spray it out your nose? No, I didn't spray it. It just made me sick to my stomach. And 
I almost got a cavity listening to that bullshit. Oh, know? come on. So sweet. Yeah. And off there. so I don't know. They're saying before yeah. you work. Oh, yeah, you're working magic. Okay, yeah, get past that. You're, you're working the magic, but I mean, I don't know. I, I just kind of look at it as you know, people always say, well, how can you do the same thing every day? And I'm going, well, I'm not doing the same thing every day because every day is a different type of day. Um, you, you're always seeing something new. You're meeting new people. So you take it, you take it as it comes and you just, you know, play with what you have there. Um, okay. it's, it's, just, it's just a different, you know, it sounds stupid, but I've always tried to take a look at things of, look at everything as a, as a learning experience. So you try to meet new people and find out new things and go on to, you know, move on to the next idea. But it's always just a different type of day. It, there's, there's always something new that's going on there. If your eyes are opened enough to see it, there's those that just sit there and all they can do is they could just see, uh, that park bench was the same park bench I looked at yesterday. And it was the same park bench that was there last week and last year. And, it's going to be the same park bench that will be there tomorrow. If you just if that's all you want to look at is the park bench, that's fine. But I try to look a little bit beyond that and see what else there is that's going to be changing from day to day. Okay. Greg? Sweet, Richard. Thanks. Thanks very little. Brought, brought a tear to my eye. You pass it. Okay. Are you sure it's a tear or is it some of the wine you just sprayed all over the place? No, I, 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 I caught it and got it down before it came back up. If I was, if, if I was, if I ever thought at all that Greg was capable of tears, I might actually laugh at something like that. <laughs> oh, I would have brought okay, a tear so, to your eye when I did a eulogy for my father-in-law. Boy. So, Mr. Hey, McNaughton. Now, I'm, Mr. McNaughton. I'm laughing at you guys step all over visit? each other. Well, you're stepping on Richard now, so should we laugh at you? Yeah, go ahead. Laugh at me. Okay, fine. Go on. Answer the question. He didn't finish. You just walked on him also. But you already know what the question is, right? Did you forget what I read? (laughs) No, I didn't forget what you read. Okay, little brain. Come on. (laughs) Little brain, huh? Oh, nice. Um, Here, here's a tangent for you. I was watching the right stuff today because you know I came across on the TV. It's one of those movies you actually have to stop and watch. At least for a little while, sure. Yeah, it's a great movie. It, and it occurred to me that out of the first seven Mercury astronauts, four of them were naval aviators, right? Naval pilot, well, two Navy pilots, two Marine Corps pilots. The minority, the remaining three, were Air Force weenies. Well, you could say that three were Air Force, two were uh, Marines, and two were Navy. Yes, that's what I just said. Right, which would but, mean- but but the Marine Marine pilots are taught by the Navy how to fly, so they're all naval aviators. They all wear Navy wings of gold. Oh, I know, but no good Marine will ever say he's part of the Navy. Probably not, but they'll still they still consider themselves <laughs> naval aviators. Anyway, the point sure. I'm getting to is that the America's first man in space was a Navy naval aviator. My America's- name. Jose Yeah, America's <laughs> second man in space was slimy hatchblower Air Force guy. <laughs> Which has been proved he never did. Thank you very he much. He never did that, yes. That, 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 was, that was completely okay. wrong. So. Yeah, and then and the you know, last America, man in space by himself was, was Gordon Cooper. Yeah, uh, 
Air Force pilot. Okay, and the in first your po- in your first point, the first American to go into orbit was a Marine. Correct. That's where I was going. The guys who accomplished something first, you know, they had to they had to call it the guys who you know had unless suitable suitable unless this pilot thank, Mike, thank you, Richard. You're gonna solve the, the correct question. Unless, Mr. Mike, you take into consideration America's first astronauts. Chimpanzees. <laughs> is that what you're going to say? No, what? no, he's not going there. Oh, where's he you, going? You've totally missed it. Plus, who was the, the first X-15 American pilots? Thank you, Richard. The oh, fifteen pilots who were Air Force test pilots. Correct. And what 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 armed services uh, broke the sound barrier? Army Air oh. Corps. That's right. Yep. The, the Air Force before it had an identity. Yeah, so we're, we're, talk, we're talking about the space we, program. We, let, yeah. we have to let you guys have a little glory. You know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll and give, I'll give the Navy a little bit because Jim Lovell was a Navy guy, and he he was you know helped bring Apollo thirteen back home. So, and and wait wait a second, I, I, just to throw one more wrench into this, Mike. What the, the guy who never served? It, Go when, ahead, Richard. Yeah. When when the uh, when the uh, Navy did its rocket plane test program which naval aviator flew him oh wait a second i'm sorry that's right it was scott crossfield a civilian pilot civilian pilot but where did crossfield serve before he became a civilian pilot where did crossfield serve i believe he was uh in the services i don't remember which one to be quite honest before he uh went civilian not positive I know some of the Navy or some of the uh, civilians test flights had been. Uh, yeah, that that was their in. Yeah, they knew somebody somewhere. Well, because that was one of the questions that they brought up in right stuff was Crossfield didn't couldn't get a clearance because he didn't have know, military. Also, he wanted two hundred thousand dollars or something, and there was no, old that Chuck wasn't King. Crossfield. That wasn't Crossfield. That was that was um, slick. Slick Goodwin. <laughs> slick that was Goodwin. what? Slick Goodwin. Oh, yeah. Somebody wanted too much money. Well, we can pay him. I'll fly it. <laughs> How much do we pay him? 97 bucks a month. Was that the number? Oh, yeah. Something like some, that. Uh, some god, oh. uh, obscene, <laughs> godly in the mount. Okay, Scott Crossfield was a U.S. Navy pilot. Yeah, I'm looking that up right now. U.S. Navy pilot. If we here. can trust Wikipedia. Okay. We'll only trust it when it suits us, right? Exactly. Right. Sources are only good as we feel like trusting them at the time. Hey, but wait All a second. What's this point part here? Uh, USAF uh, Man in Space Group. Man in Space Soonest Group. Yeah. So USAF Astronaut. That's okay. You know, the fun thing is when Mike and I banter about it, we actually served and have the right to banter about it. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get back on track, Greg. You can you can answer the question. Uh, no, that's why, that's why we went off the question because Greg doesn't want to answer. No, I, I don't know if I can really quantify it. I just like Disney. I like I like Disneyland. I like the you know getting away from what's outside the gates and experiencing the you know um, say the not so real worlds of what Disney brings to you. Uh, and almost every time, believe it or not, there are attractions I do almost every time, unless I go in just to take photographs or 
uh, something like that or meet someone for lunch, I almost always go on uh, Pirates, especially since the line for Pirates is... Uh, back to normal? Back to normal, and, um, you know, if it is a little long, I might skip it, but I almost always do that or the mansion. Really? Yeah, almost every time. Uh, so there's 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 never been a time you've gone into Disneyland and not written anything? No, oh, no, there's been many times I've gone in and not okay. written anything, but I went specifically for a purpose. Like I've Lately, when I've been taking my exams, almost every time after the exams, I go to Disneyland after. Compress a bit. Kind of chill. And usually I just go to take pictures. I might go on something. But that, that attraction might be taking a Main Street vehicle from one end to another. That might be the extent of my attraction or ride the train around, you know, something like that. So, uh, but I, and I can, even when I worked there, I went a lot, you know, on my days off. But then part of that was having been a person who went maybe once or twice a year, got a job there and it was like, you know, kidney candy shop. You got to go play all the time and, and do all that. Um, so that's, you know, that's what does it for me. And as, as much as I go, I go periods of a couple months sometimes without visiting. And then I might go five days in a row and then not see it again for a month. So I know it sounds like we go a lot. We do go much, much more than the average individual. Probably. Um, I actually think we're not the right person to ask the question of. I would be asking that question of Earl, who seems to oh my gosh, be the biggest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he works there, and then if anybody's in town that he knows, he'll go hang out with them there. Yeah, he's much more accommodating for that than I have ever been or probably could be just based on... And he's always going there lifestyle. and doing his stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, he not having kids and, you know... Liking to party and drink much more than I do makes it easier for him to do that. Uh, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just it's harder to just dump everything with the kids and go. Though well, I, you know, because you're well, you got activities or you know, carting the kids around. Well, for you kids, singular now, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have to do as much carting around anymore. Um. So that yeah, you're right. That kind of interferes with dropping dropping everything and. Heading up to Anaheim, but you know, all right. So I, I, I read the. I will say, I was going to say on the and Greg, tell me if this is kind of the same of what you thought when you were working there too. I'm there five days a week working, but when I go there to visit, I'm in a different mindset. I, you know, when I'm working there, I'm not sitting out there eating. I'm not kicking back at a restaurant. I'm not just walking through, I'm certainly not riding the rides. I'm in a completely different mindset than when I'm going there visiting. So... No, that is that true. Also, Can you guys hear the cricket, by the way? I'm, yes, yes, of course. Yes. Not, it, it came back today, or some. I was trying to kill it earlier, but I missed we just figured, Have you actually we just seen it? That was, yeah, I did, and um, I know roughly where it's at, but it's, it's like crawling in between... We just figured that was your normal audience from your other shows. No, it actually been pretty quiet for a while, but uh, no, it's back. But yeah. yes, you are correct. When you're on stage working, as we did, um, and then for many years when I was doing stuff like the uh, plain clothes, you're, all you do is you think you kind of see the dregs of society, you know, arresting people for being stupid and whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you, you, yeah, I mean, they're being more than stupid. 
Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is just you, you don't think of it as Disneyland when you're arresting people for shoplifting and pickpocketing and child molestation and, and all those things, you know, that come up. Uh, and then I worked for a period of time in the parking lot, so you never really saw um, the park. You know, you drove around your little security vehicle and help people who were stupid enough to lock their keys in the car or uh, can't find their car, uh, bumped into someone oh, else's car. You know, all those fun touch. things. Picture this, Greg. You're looking for card. Now you have six decks that you have to figure this one out on now instead of just one simple parking lot. Well, that one simple parking lot sure got people lost. Uh, and that's why if people don't understand, and if we can ever get this across in a podcast, there's a reason they tell you where to park. And for those who like to drive around the cones or go park wherever they want to, uh, believe it or not, there is a rhyme and a reason. And though I complain sometimes, why the hell are we going all the way to the top when three decks are empty? Freaking, yeah. uh, there is a rhyme and reason to it all. And a lot of it has to do with being able to tell you when you can't find your car, where cars were parked at 115 yep. today. And people yeah. uh, people will insist they, they were not parked there. And I guarantee you, 9.985% of the time, they are exactly where guests can, or the parking lot attendants will tell you they are, unless you were one of those idiots that decided you needed to go around or work your way to the front. Get closer, yeah. And and for those that say that they never get lost in the parking lot, first of all, you're lying. And the second thing is, it's also it has to do with the utilization because they have this whole orchestration of how and when they're going to park areas with the knowledge that okay, in four or five hours, we're going to go back and start reparking this area, too, and they're going to have so many spaces available to them when they repark an area. So, yeah, it's a neat hmm. little illustration how they do it all, but I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm, oh, me, too. I wouldn't want to, you know, and they never understand what we used to kind of parallel. They don't do it anymore because of how parking is done now, but as they were parking the big flat lot, security would always stay pretty much right in line with what was going on because there was always some joker that had to go run ahead or move somewhere else. You'd have to go chase him down and tell him to go park in the right place. And, of course, they had all kinds of colorful things to say to you to start their magical day off at the place we all call Disneyland. <laughs> and, 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 again, it's all that utilization thing because there's times where people will sit there and argue with you. Well, why do you have this big, huge space space left open? Well, sometimes you're using that space for something else, and it can be the most off-the-wall reasons why you want to use it, but the, thing, but the fact of the matter is they're parking you in certain places because they're already planned out how the day is going to work out there. So. Also, the bottom line is they're a shopkeeper, and they can do whatever the hell they want. You don't have to pay your money. You can turn around and leave. That's right. So, you know, Hey, I was trying to be a little nicer on that one. Well, you know, it's, it's dealing with the I, sense of entitlement. That, I told I told you my one of my favorite lines when the park was real crowded and was backed up on Harbor Boulevard, and one of the big uh, one of the larger managers was out there helping to direct traffic, and some guy yells out his window, "Hey, you shouldn't allow this many people to come into the park." He goes, "Fine, you're leaving." And he directed him out of the traffic. The next thing the guy knows, he's heading out, and the guy's trying to figure out how to get back in. What'd you get for being a smart yeah. ass? Yep. Ah, it's urban legend. 
No, it's actual fact. I know the person that did it, and I was there the day he did it. I watched him do it. Okay. Well, first it started as a story you heard, then it became a part of a legend you were in. So that's good. <laughs> all right. Well, reading the question, what keeps you interested after all these years? And on some level, it's got to be recapturing, not recapturing, reliving some sort of feeling that you had as a kid. Uh, well, well, first right. of all, you didn't answer the question like we did. Now you're trying to reexamine the wording of the no. question. Well, okay, how did you do it that's that's not right? Or how did you do it that's right and how I'm doing it is not right? Well, I'm saying you just said what's your answer. Now you're going back trying to break the, the sentence down versus just answering sure. off the cuff and then going back and se- seeing if whether or not. Oh, it's okay. Different. All right. Well, you guys give me plenty of time to analyze and look at the question. I guess that was our mistake. <laughs> Next time, we'll have you go first. Okay. <laughs> I go because it's fun. You know, what's, what was fun before from when working there is a different kind of fun than now going to get material for what we do here. Well, you know, there is... Or going to meet, or going to meet people from halfway around the world that you would never strike up a friendship or meet without Disneyland there. I go to get so the combination. Yeah, right. That's right. But the combination of podcasting about Disneyland is what keeps me interested at this point in my life. So you're saying if you weren't podcasting right now, you would not go as much or you might not renew your annual pass. No, that's not what I'm saying. I would still renew my annual pass. I would probably go with the children as much. But going or taking the kids and seeing and seeing them have fun at a place where they go five or six or seven or eight, nine times a year, whereas I went maybe once a year when I was their age. Greg, what are you saying? It's one aspect of it. Yeah, what What Gus is saying. Greg, (laughs) what what Gus is saying here. Is that if it was if it wasn't for the show, he would not hang out with his buds. He'd be too embarrassed to hang out with us out there. But because okay, of the show, yeah, he goes that's, out there with that's us. exactly what I said. <laughs> no, I and just the the podcasting thing has brought a new angle to Disneyland that I will. It's I don't know, it's something I would never have considered before. It's, it's, or it's, and, and it's, I met or been able to imagine that kind of thing going on because yeah it would be just the circle of friends the people you know hey i'm going to disneyland it'd be you know the three of us maybe our families or one or two but now you now you go with a big extended circle does that make sense it's added a new dimension there okay a new dimension my desk here that's fair to say because i'll i'll agree with you on that is that with the uh doing the show doing the podcasting and meeting all the other people, not just the other uh, podcasters, but some of the other folks that, well, Aussie John and some of the other folks that we've talked to uh, with Disneyland, it's given me new perspective on how to, new ways of viewing things and uh, new insight on the different shows that I've, you know, I have my little narrow vision of how I always picture Disneyland, but it's kind of broadened my views on things too. Especially from people that don't... uh that don't go often, you know, not nearly as much as you or I do, but well, I mean, they're, they're 
and with that, it's given me a newer, newer appreciation to things too. I always make the comment that okay, yeah, I've seen the same thing every day for you know every day for how many years now, but for that one particular person I'm helping, this is the first time they've ever seen it, and it might be the only time they get a chance to see it. Now with the addition with the podcasting and talking with other people and reading the letters that we do get, it's renewed my appreciation for, you know, I I might take it for granted, but somebody else looks at it as, wow, this is really special. I go, oh, yeah, I guess it really is kind of special. Glad you read the letters we do get because I've been stuck on reading the letters we don't get and I've been really confused. What? He said something about he's, 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 he's being sarcastic over there. <laughs> he was saying something about yep. reading the letters he gets. I'm like, I'm glad you are because I guess I've been reading the letters I'm not getting. <laughs> really confused by the whole thing. <laughs> Never mind, Mike. He's just being an ass over there. So what can I say? Okay, I can understand that. But what? But one of the old jokes I always say: you get tired of Disneyland, you're in. You want to see? You start complaining about everything that Disneyland's doing wrong. Okay, just go over to uh, dare I say Magic Mountain. You'll have a whole re- renewed appreciation for Disneyland. It might be not be the way you want to say it should be, but you got to appreciate it when you go to another park. I got to go to Mice Chat and listen to those whiny moany people. <laughs> you go to the park, and you're like, yeah, this is pretty fun, man. This, I don't know what the hell they're thinking of, but. But that's why I'm saying it is. It, it has added a new dimension to the whole experience. So. For that matter, you could listen to Inside the Tragic, or I mean, what was it? Uh, it's whatever. I can never remember that podcast name. All right, then don't try. Okay, it's not. It's not worth. <laughs> oh, geez. No, what you see from the park, right? You know, after working there ten day, ten years, walking around the park all the time, you you don't really look at it like you do when you're a guest, anyways. Uh, yeah, there's a castle there because everybody asks you where it is, but you don't really appreciate it for what it is because it's it's just there. It's part of the the landscape. Um, but when you go as as a guest, you look at it a little differently. And if you don't, then you're jaded, and you probably shouldn't be enjoying it anyways. I, okay, jaded. If you were jaded, you don't go. Oh, believe me. I mean, Listen to mice or go to mice chat. Those a lot of those people are very jaded. We know some cast members that are jaded, yet they still show up. Can't okay. explain why, but unless it's just they they love misery and they have to to be there to <laughs> ex- experience their pain. Yeah, I swear there are those people are there. They 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 just complain about it. Everything is horrible and. They, some some of them are cast members, and some of them are annual pass holders. They go in there, and everything's just wrong. And you just got to say, then why do you bother coming? Well, because it's Disneyland. Yeah, but if you can't stand it, and all you're going to do is complain about it, why are you doing it? <sighs> Who knows the answer? I don't, I don't think they do. I think the people are just mentally disturbed. Some people used to call them <laughs> retards. Now they're just special. <laughs> that's right. That's because they, everybody wants it's, to be special. That's all. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, they go okay. To, so they not go to Disneyland in the short yellow bus. Yes. So why does Mikey like it? I thought I tried to answer that question, and you jumped on me about trying to analyze it. I was going back. So I gave you. Back I gave you my thoughts. Commercial, but you didn't pick up on it. That's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did pick up on it. 
You think you think that'd be the first time I heard it or something, right? Yeah, it's because Greg's just being obscure tonight. Yes, I am. That's okay. I, I, I'm um, only picking up every other word you're saying anyway, since I'm reading. I figured as much. Well, that was pretty good figuring there, Mike. <laughs> All right. Are you going to try to answer the, the, the more in-depth part, part of the question then? What keeps you interested? Um, well, yeah, I... You've get, I, you, you know, you've given. I like Disney. I said it's quite. I think covered that part. It's like I like the experience of the things you don't have in real life. It's a fantasy. It's a break from, you know, what I'm doing now in conjunction with the podcast. I'm trying to study for my exams. You know, dealing with the bullcrap that we do every day. Even though I like my job, it's tedious. You like to get away from it all, and good, bad, or ugly at Disneyland. Like I say, the worst day I've had at Disneyland is still better than the best day at work. Bad, bad, day, best day at work. Okay, so would you say what keeps you interested has not changed? What keeps you interested is that it takes you away from the real world. Yeah, well, as a kid, it was just a larger than life place. As an adult, it's not so large, but it's still kind of a, an escapism. It's, I think the reason okay. people like Disneyland is not unlike why people like movies, and I think you'll find people that who who don't really enjoy the cinema or the stage probably don't enjoy Disneyland either. Correct. I would agree with that assessment. Because they're all escape from reality. They're all living vicariously through something else. When you're on Pirates, are you a voyeur or are you part of the show? I like to think that most people think that there's something romantic about the way Pirates is presented and you're part of it. When you're in the mansion... You're either scared by the ghost or you're intrigued to and find it interesting that these spooks and specters can appear to you. And there's something attractive about that. You know, if you're in your laughing place, you're just having a good time, some shits and giggles, and you get a good rush <laughs> at the end. You know, So every, in your yeah, every experience, even in a pile of poo, you can have some honey and some sweet smell on top of I'll take the your word for that. You used to be able to, you used to, be able to run free, uh, fun and fancy free on the island and shoot guns and kill Indians, but that no longer is PC, so we've had to kind of clean that up. But, you know, every little aspect of the park has some escapism to it. Uh, that or reliving a movie you like, since every so much is based on movies. Uh, or just a, a thrill. Sp- you know, spin the teacup till you puke or try to get the guy in the... Up to puke, you know. It's again. That's it's just a, a rush and a thrill type of thing. It's it's a place to share with someone else. Because I mean, when I go by myself, it's not for the same reasons as when I go with someone else. I'm usually on a mission if I'm by myself. You know, either photo. Was that photo- photography? Photography, podcasting, research, something like that. I don't enjoy it the same way I do when I'm with someone. Even though I can see sit somberly through the Hall of Presidents by myself or with someone, it's not the same when you're by yourself. At least it's not for me. You know, I'll add on a couple things on there, and Greg's going to have his... Greg, just go read your book for a while while Mike and I talk here. You, Sheila, uh, go ahead and talk. I'll go back to my book. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, when I grew up, I, I was like... I was born a poor black child. I was born, 
And I still have no rhythm. What can I say? That is uh, true. Oh, shut up. Wait, how, wait, how do you know, Greg? Oh, have you got dancing together or something? We were in band together. Uh, bad. time at band camp. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Speaking of band. Clarinet jokes are just running through my mind. And trombone jokes. T-boners. Wait, wait. Clarinet joke. Clarinet. Clarinet. That's the joke right there. <laughs> don't you want to? you want to pick an instrument that could be heard? What? Clarinet. Clarinet was great. Yeah. Can you hear the clarinet? No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one else is playing. <laughs> but <laughs> you have to admit there are, especially in an orchestra, there are instruments that you're saying, God, I, I can't hear the oboes or I can't hear somebody. But without them, there's a balance that's missing. It's that's like, right. There's a perfect harmonization. Most oboe instruments have like solos, and you hear them when no one else is playing, or everyone else is playing really soft. Same like bassoons and English horns, things but if like you that. Them totally out. There would be a balance that's lost. There's, there's something. Oh, really? How many? How many? <laughs> how many high school marching bands have oboes? Hey, you were the best in your row. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> How many how many high school marching bands march with oboes? Hey, that's, it's, and when they it's don't, not, and when they don't, you you feel a sense of bell, of wait. Of oboe is not a lot. marching band instrument. It's a concert. It's, not march, it's a concert band instrument, and in the meantime, marching bands are uh, arranged differently. If you have an arrangement that includes an oboe, and you're playing in an orchestra, and that oboe is missing, Greg is absolutely right. You're going to notice there's something missing in there. Okay. How about bassoon? Would you consider bassoon a marching instrument? No. no. Okay. All right, let's see. Personally, I don't the, really consider any woodwind a marching actually, instrument. Actually, I take that back. I've I, I oh. seen... Hey! <laughs> that took a while to sink in. I don't, I don't consider anything you played on the, uh, on the bells or anything. Everything I've played is included in every uh, drum and bugle corps. So that's all I need to hear. I mean, okay, you've seen Blast, right? Blast. I, you know, believe it or not, I never saw Blast. I have seen um, bringing Disneyland Home's video of Blast on his show, uh, but I have not seen Blast in person. All right. Well, the Blast for California Adventure was like one fourth of the whole show, but the whole show for Blast, they have a, a, a tune where they bring out all this percussion. Marimbas, xylophones, and it's all there. No woodwinds. No, that's why I said, yeah, because it's based on a German yeah. bugle corps type thing. Even in our high school band, yes. which we included those people because we kind of had to, but we were modeled after. From, because we had to. We were modeled after a German bugle corps, our, our, from our uh, uniforms to the arrangements to the way we marched on the field was all based on drum and bugle corps. Though we did have the woodwinds because we didn't have enough of the others to make a band without the woodwinds. Well, because you have woodwind players who can't play anything well, else. We didn't have enough extra brass players to make up for the difference anyway. So, you know, I could have played trumpet, but Chandler what? said no. He wanted well, the alto out there instead. We had a plethora of trumpets that couldn't play anyway, so it didn't really... We, we had like two decent players and five that you know, puckered up, and that was about it. Anyways, back to what you hey. guys were going to talk about <laughs> before we got sideways on a uh, 
I'm just sitting here going, jeez. Oh, <sighs> anyway, I, I, I your can point tell you be- this in basic training drum and bugle corps. There were the way, no I, woodwinds. No, no woodwinds. Nope. By the way, I have seen oboes in marching bands. I take it back. I have seen. Tra- traditional bugles, probably, which is for soprano, alto, tenor, bass. It was, it was all typical drum and bugle corps instruments. All, you know, sh- two valve bugles, two uh-huh. valve, uh, shoulder hefted. You know, every, yep, all typical stuff. What, what what I found sad was graduates who could easily be officers were enlisted pukes because they wanted to play. Because the officers typically are the directors, though there are one or two officer bands. In general, the average person that plays typically is an enlisted person. Correct. And most of your smaller army bands, the commanding officer or conductor is a warrant officer, not a not a commissioned yeah, officer. Yeah, we, we don't. We got rid of warrant officers when I was in. I think I was told there might be a handful still left, but the rank of let's say decommissioned from the air force rift probably yeah yeah rift is the better better term okay so moving back to the the actual show okay the real show yeah by the way do you you guys know what bag on orchestra week do i know do i know what is a vault as i'm reading here a vault think our Think architecture. Uh, you don't think money. Um, in in the sense of utilities, I know a vault is uh, an underground. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm studying materials and methods, not not uh, okay. electrical systems. But that, that's actually a pretty decent answer. So, but wrong. I was thinking, I was thinking uh, vault uh, as in the uh, space with the ceilings. Well, actually, Richard's a little closer, a little more artistically thinking there. Does a vault and, and have to do with the mice cast now onto the architectural home improvement channel sure. here? Okay, Greg, go back to your book. Mike and I are going to talk here for a few minutes. No, no. Okay, Greg needs to be involved with the stinking show I'm too. Not, you know? not, not on this one. Not on this. <laughs> okay. I, Why? Because I'm, I'm. Why does he? I'm, I'm going to go ahead, Greg. On what I was going to talk. What I was going to say here. Um, when I was a kid growing up, and I was going to Disneyland, my mom loved going over to Disneyland. But her big thing, you know, as a kid, I'm going on the rides all the time. Her big thing, though, is she loved watching the people that were there because you, and I think you hit upon it a little bit, Mike, you have everybody in the world coming into Disneyland, and she just loved watching the different cultures coming through there. And I still, I find it funny because as a kid, I found that exceedingly boring, but now I'm in the same boat. I, I enjoy the people watching. I enjoy the different cultures that come through there. Well, that's funny that you okay. say that because, you know, I draw a parallel. My mom liked to do the same thing. She was extremely PO'd when they got rid of the general admission ticket, the $5, get you in, Five bucks. sit down, watch people. That's the same thing. Walk around, maybe shop, sit and watch people. Personally, find that pretty boring. Uh, now, but she also listened, or at least get a yeah, out she also listened to KFI Radio with uh, Loman and Barkley and other than a little – made-up cereal they did every uh, soap opera thing they did every day live without any preparation, which was really, really good. I thought found that the most boring thing in the world. Now what do I do? 90% talk radio, 
political talk, news talk. So there's a little bit of a role reversal, I guess, maybe because of age. You kind of grow up and you realize not everything's funny games. Not to say I wouldn't sit and watch people at Disneyland. I probably it would still be the last thing on my list. But sometimes if you just want to relax and sit, there is some interesting sights. But then again, that was one of the functions I did do at Disneyland was watch people for the thieves and the, you know, the, the perverts. <laughs> well, that. So that kind of got old after a while, if you know what I mean. Well, I was going to say, you know, the question that how do I handle it, you know, 20 some years later, uh, being able to just sit there day in and day out. That's therapy. one of the therapy. Yeah. And lots and lots of visits from my good old friend, Jack over here. You know, but, we know you, so we know that's not true because a sip of Jack would. <laughs> I, I was biting my tongue. I was going to let it slide, but go ahead. No, no. But that, that's one of the fun things I have with, uh, is the way I make it through the day is I watch the people and I'm not watching the people for the thieves and the crooks and the bad guys, but I'm just watching the people in general. And, you know, I kind of find it interesting watching all the different cultures that come through there. And the funny thing is I I don't see near as many diverse cultures coming from around the world as I used to. I don't think, I think I see a lot more locals than I, than I, than in the, uh, but that might just be that I'm getting, you know, I think you're. I think you're getting more used to it because when I go, I still think I see a pretty diverse, uh, diverse culture. But I know you have a hard time saying that word, Greg. But try it, diverse. Diverse. But actually, to be honest with you, now I'm also profiling when I'm there because I'm looking out for my safety and the safety of people around me. I can't help it. I was in Target the other day, and this guy made me very nervous, rolling up behind me with about five of those telephones you know, pay and dispose of when you're done with your minutes. He, oh, yeah. he was of, a, of an ethnic descent that you would think, <laughs> um, and he was impatient that the line was taking so long, went to another line. Of course, I'm eyeballing him the whole time looking at, is he pulling out cash? Is he doing a credit card? I mean, this looked like terrorism written all over it. A guy preparing to have phones that you can't really trace because you just throw them away when you're done. So, I can't help but go to Disneyland and do the same thing. I, I'm always looking at my surroundings and who's around me. And, um, you know, when we were in Boston on the subways, man, I, there was, we almost didn't get on one subway because a young 20-ish Arab-looking guy with a backpack, <laughs> make sure he's in the front of the train and I'm way in the back. I don't know. You know, it, and, and, and you attribute this sensitivity from looking for thieves and no, pickpockets no, at Disneyland? Sensitivity goes directly to 9-11 and terrorism as it happens every day today. No, no, no. I'm not talking the sensitivity to terrorism, but the, the, the fact that you are always scanning for some sort of something out of place. Oh, part of that goes back. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Some of that, that skill, if you want to call it skill or uh, obsession, comes from paranoia. Paranoia coming from doing it at Disneyland. It's come, first couple things they teach you when you start doing the undercover training was what to look for, the body language, the people. And pretty much everybody, except except maybe a couple, had a pretty downer look on society in general. It was like everybody was a thief, everybody was a crook, everybody was whatever minority group slang you could think of. I mean, it was kind of hard to, because I'm not one that uses all of the minority slurs. And we had a couple that it rolled off their tongue like, you know, it was uh, normal <laughs> speech. 
Oh yeah. And it was kind of <laughs> hard not to get into that. You you're like, wait, I don't I don't speak like this. I don't think like this. Um, but statistics started to prove some of it partially correct. Uh, so it, it's it's hard sometimes oh. to to get out of that mode. But uh, you know, when when statistics prove that in general, a terrorist is of a certain ethnic group of a certain age. You, I can't help I, yeah. but go identify as in a crowd. Correct. And it's not just it's not just a statistics. It's your experience well, with too. it too. I can even go I, in the to Target or Walmart and say, oh, "Shoplifter, shoplifter." I, oh, be, that guy's before, okay. And before and before everybody's <laughs> writing letters in, uh, let me expound upon that statistics thing. The statistics usually are that if you're looking at a particular type of crime, it's going to be a particular type of person that's coming. It's not saying that everybody's going to be doing that. It's just that these just happen to be the type of people that you, that, like you said, the body language, the whole background and everything that you're looking at. That you're, you're looking at them going, that's the person that's going to be pull, trying well, to pull this. Chris, up. You know, Chris Rock has it right. You know, if if, if you're waiting on the nine o'clock news or ten o'clock news because some guys using eyeballs as uh, clackers. That's a white guy. If someone <laughs> stuck up a guy for a pair of tennis shoes, it's a black guy. It's just true. <laughs> a pair of eyeballs for clackers. <laughs> on, on average, you don't see black guys doing the really sick, weird things with body parts like you know the uh, the white guys. John, John Wayne Gacy. And <laughs> yeah, all I mean, those think about guys. it. All the all the three <laughs> names. You've also noticed that almost every criminal has three names. Yet I, I don't even. I'm not even sure if I can remember either one of your middle names. But John Wayne Casey. Um, what was the one that uh, shot Reagan? Uh, Hinkley. Hinkley. But we didn't. John Lee. John. Yeah, John Lee Harvey Oswald. Oswald. Um, <laughs> actually, you know, Timothy McVeigh may be one of the few that they didn't use the middle name, but. I've had this theory about you know names, anyways. Like I've said, it's all about yeah. marketing. So, all right, well, just come back and say we had technical difficulty. We had no idea what we lost, but we'll continue from here. All right, well, it's recording again, so I all ca- right, well, you, I caught you, you saying that. that. <laughs> For some reason, oh, Mike's oh, recorder gosh. turned off, so who knows what we lost? Other than some Greg's recorder didn't go on. I never touched it because Mike's is recording. I, I've been okay, you know. This has only happened once in the past, so oh well. Uh, We were trying to decide whether or not we had actually butchered this show or not, or should we continue to fill airtime? Well, you know, if we're struggling, then shoot the dead horse and move on. Don't don't continue to beat it. Are we struggling, or are we... You've said the least about what you like about it, which makes me think you have no more to say. I've said the least? I think so. Or you just haven't been listening. No, I started. I started with a nice, I thought explanation, but you got your panties in a bunch of how I didn't give an off the cuff answer first before I right, went with the right. analysis. Been getting his panties in a bunch an awful lot tonight. I don't know what the what, I, what is I this. I think we're bothering him. He wants to be reading instead. Yeah, I think so. Are you regarding this as a chore, Greg? Um, no. This is a, this is a um, work alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh boy, I'm glad I. <laughs> Wait a second. Hang on a second. I got. <laughs> no, I was just about to pull up tripping the riff because I was <laughs> Darth <doing> Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't uster- don't underestimate a dark clown. <laughs> that, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, the the short-lived uh sci-fi TV version was just the animation didn't look as good and they really toned it down as bad as it was on TV. I mean as uh racy as it was on TV that just didn't live up to that original. That first one was just hilarious. Yeah, I showed it to even the kind of um how would you say pure person that I am uh kind of not a stiff but you know uh a little more straight laced and he just about cried laughing when he Cuz it's funny. <laughs> it is it is it's... very funny. Oh my god. If no one knows what we're talking about, uh YouTube search for Tripping the Rift R I F T. It is a fan film for Star Wars and Star Trek really combined. Computer animated. Yeah, sometimes Filth- it's hard to believe. Filthy language. Old, <laughs> old subject matter. Yes. Uh, a little bit past the R rating. The going yeah. towards the oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's got <laughs> clowns. It's got uh, <laughs> aliens, um, but, robots. Yeah. It's it's got it all. Well known voices. Number six. Yeah, yeah, very funny. Right up there, as far as I'm concerned, with uh, Trooper Clerks, which uh, or Troops, I'm sorry. Troops. troops. Take off of Cops. Which has got to be one of the funniest and well done. Uh, Yeah, very well done. Uh, uh, That just cracks me up. Anyways, uh, I've been still working on my terror station, transferring all my files over. Still? A A week later? More than a week later. It took me... I won't want to say how long. I had to transfer like 390 gigs of, or what's that? Three, almost 4,000 files of, or no, 400,000 files off my photo drive. And uh, anyways, it took me a while. That's a lot. Well, yeah, that and I, the drive it was on was a USB drive connected through the old server. So it had to go through a USB one connection. Ooh, slow. Okay. Slow. So now I'm going a little quicker because now I'm going Ethernet, what's actually on the old server. Um, so it's it's starting to speed up a little bit. But that between that studying, trying to get the new website together and new new RSS feeds and the other two, you know, podcasts that we're trying to do. Yeah, any anything off the ground for that stuff? Uh, we were going to do it tonight, but you know what? What do you know? Richard was signed in, but. Was nowhere to be found when I called him two or three times. I, I, I was I was occupado at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could have taken the microphone with you. <laughs> you you give me, it that otherworldly. Give it that otherworldly sound. It would have fit for yelling. politics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. okay. Okay, point taken. Yes, it would have been very fitting for politics. Hey, but. by the way, did you see who is planning to run against Dana Rohrbacher? Next time. That's for you, Orange County guys. I have no idea. Everybody that has no clue who Dana Rohrbacher is, the U.S. representative in a greater part of Orange County here. Yes. Okay. Um, Debbie Cook, which you probably don't know, is she's the outgoing mayor in Huntington. Oh, I Uh, saw that. uh, I don't personally think she's got a prayer. And... Her her agenda items is just 
you know, from the Democratic playlist of everything that's gone wrong in a country for the last is years. Is Rohrbacher turned out t- termed out? Is he going to term out now? I don't believe so, but um, uh, he uh, it's going to be hard to beat him. He might that might be his last one. I did, did wait. I thought didn't we repeal the? Uh, no, the the term limits did not get repealed. Well, no, no, no. That was oh. for the uh, California government, not for representatives going to yeah, Washington. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes. I think limits in the u.s for the federal government no i'm sorry you said u.s i heard california i'm sorry that's okay i was just surprised she's been a you know we don't really elect a mayor in huntington beach the mayor is uh chosen or elected from the city city council Council. and she's had yeah she's had her ups and downs and i personally don't think she has a chance we've we've had a fair share of our city council people who have had let's say favored treatment when pulled over for drunk driving, a lot of other things, and there's a lot of baggage coming along. But, you know, if you're going to be a candidate of change, actually say something that means something, not just list off Iraq, the economy. Have some idea of what you think you want to do, because that's all a bunch of freaking platitudes I could care less to hear. We, we know what the problems are. Give us some actual real solutions. And this preview of the Political Gestures podcast is brought to you by... MiceCast. <laughs> and by so, the way, Richard, I'm going to get some footage for our next, our um, official mysteries, because Karen and I are going to the Dining with the Spirits at the Queen Mary Saturday night. Really? Oh, okay, yeah. excellent. Okay. So we get to dine with the the hot chick that takes us around in the dark bowels Eric, of the ship. Erica, Erica something or other, right? Erica Frost, Frost. yeah. yeah. Um. I still need to see that footage that you have. <laughs> yes, you that. do. <laughs> it's amazing what infrared will do. Oh, yes, it is. So, but that's for another show, another time. Yes. Yeah. So back to the why we enjoy Disneyland. Uh, why we're still interested after all these years. Well, you know, and I at still, this point, pretty keep... much everybody's lost interest in this show. So, <laughs> I, I guess yeah, there's a larger question: Are you still interested in? Disney films strictly because they're a Disney film. And we can no. separate animation from live action, and then we have to separate a, a, a movie such as Pirates because that's really an anomaly for the Disney studios over the past 20, 30 years, which you know, really is focused on, I think, the, the uh, singles hey. and doubles, not big event films. Disney has even since Disney's time, not been an event film person as much as just, you know, doubles, triples, solid good, stories. Good product. Uh, yeah. Guys, guys, allow me to, as Aussie John is getting on his computer right now and typing out, not another film show. <laughs> okay, you know what you can type back to him? <laughs> Up his Aussie ass. Okay, <laughs> it's our show. <laughs> we'll do what we damn well please. And we can arrange a kiwi sheep to visit him anytime he needs it. You got all that, Richard? Did you get all that on there? Yeah, I'm, I'm typing it out. Okay, it's good. Right I feel like calling him up and bringing him on the show and telling him where to put it myself. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. <laughs> it's got to be better than what we're doing, right? Go ahead. But what I was 
trying to get to is some people who still like Disneyland still will see every Disney film regardless of what it is just because they're like an all Disney all the time person. Some people. I'm not I, that one. I still enjoy their animation and usually want to see almost every bit of animation they put out because I like animation. I typically like Disney animation, though I will go see other studios' animation sometimes. It, you know, it, it's it, amazing it, how much how much the, the Disney animation has changed. Oh, it's 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 <sighs> it's disturbing at sometimes, and it's also good in other times. Well, uh, what were you going to say? I showed the kids the Goofy movie for the first time. Okay, watched it. Just so happens, like two days later on the Disney Channel, the the, the new updated one where Max goes to college. And you watch those two movies next to each other. The Goofy movie is kind of a traditional Disney film. It's got music. It's got watercolor backgrounds. Zero graphic process animation cells on top of that nice watercolor background. The The new one looks more Saturday morning flat. It's flat. It's um, I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's computer or hand drawn. I mean, it doesn't look hand drawn. It looks very clean. I don't know. It's I, I just watched the two of them. It's because you got two, you got a different crew that's running it. The one the crew that did the original Goofy movie was the quote unquote animation, the feature animation crew, and the ones that did the second one was the television animation crew. And you can see a vast difference on that because that was one of the comments when Lilo and Stitch came out. That it had that television animation, that that flat it, look that you referred to. It does, to. But yes. It, but it it was the because at the time they didn't have an animated film to go go out, and they thought they really needed to get one out this season. They asked the television crew to come out, and they came out with Lilo and Switch, Stitch, which was good story and everything. But it's yeah, it looked like the television animation. You know, and, so and, and, it's, and it's okay. There's a time and place for that. If that's if that's your look. You know, there's a vast difference between, let's say, Sleeping Beauty and 101 Dalmatians. They're both great films. There's a vast artistic difference between the two. Correct. And, and, and it's the different processes. And, that, and I guess that's where I was trying to go to on between your feature animation crew is going to use one different type of process because they're using this type for the larger screen compared to your television animation crew, which is they can get away with a little bit more because they're dealing with a smaller screen and they're in the meantime they need to do 20 or whatever 15 16 20 shows a year well yeah you just don't do daytime tv or daytime uh animation the way you do a feature animation the, the pace is different um it's like if you've heard any actor the star trek actors for example saw the next generation crew interviewed while they were doing their first movie and they're like wow nobody's in a rush you know, <laughs> at a much different pace than trying to complete filming in maybe four or five days. It goes into production. They're on to their next one. It's rush, rush, rush. we got to get it done. We have a, a schedule to yeah. keep it. And the schedule is much broader and feature films. And, and that, that was one of the uh, jokes with both the original series and with The Next Generation was that your set director has – several sets has three or four different episodes sets in various stages and what he would do is while they're filming on this one set he's still working on the next two episode sets and as soon as they're finished filming he might just grab something from that set and throw it into one of these other ones and people were joking about well didn't we just see this on 
the one we just worked on. And I go, well, yeah, but you know, when they actually show this on the television, they're going to be a couple episodes apart from each other. No one's going to tell the difference. But that was the whole joke with the original series was it was always this, looked like the same set. Well, in essence, it was always the same set. It's always the same planet shooting from different angles. And the <laughs> yeah. Move a rock here, move a rock there. But, um, you know, in that, like Lilo and Stitch, they just, those are the way those guys animated. They don't go to the extra detail. They're not probably trained or used to doing the extra detail. That's the look you get. Uh, so it's it's nothing, like I say, necessarily wrong with it. It's just, it's their style. But I, it's to me, it's kind of like when you, I loved I Dream a Genie as a kid. Then they did an I Dream a Genie re- or, you know, 20 years later. Short of Larry Hagman not being on it, which I thought was a major drag, I, I watch these remakes sometimes or these reunion shows. You're like, what's missing? Something's yeah. not right here. And part of it is the campiness that the original series were. Yeah, tongue-in-cheek. They didn't take themselves seriously. Right. And, and now the reunion is what's go- Usually in all of them, something's gone wrong or someone's left the town. Everybody wants them back. There's something screwed up. But then I also thought the laugh track is missing. That's what made all those 60s sitcoms kind of funny or interesting. They all had laugh tracks. And then when they tell do, you when to laugh, yeah. Do the remakes, they don't do that. Uh, my my wife and kids have been watching The Partridge Family. It's back on some channel. And I, I hear them from the other room. I'm like, what is so damn funny? I go in there, they're watching The Partridge Family. Partly <laughs> because of what they, they're dressed like. <laughs> And we forgot the Parsons family was kind of edgy. If you think of when it was made, and we're, I'm hearing some of the comments from the other room, I'm like, did they really say that on the Partridge family? There, there's some stuff that I'm surprised to to hear, or I just didn't get it. And it wasn't, you know, it was in the window enough or in you window enough that it made it past censors. But um, that's what I find sometimes missing from those kind of shows. But. I found I figured out why the second Goofy movie was not looking as good. Uh, why? Direct to video. Oh, that's another factor too. Yeah. Direct to video. And again, they, the budget's not as big. It's a, it's probably a quicker production. Only five years separates of ninety five to two thousand. But now, yeah, direct to video. Richard mentioned something to me. Did you see um, National Treasure Book of Secrets? I have not. You have not. Okay, then there's no common frame of reference, so we can't talk about it. Correct. When you see it, and it's not about national treasure. It's about what is previewed before or what is um, presented before national treasure. They present a goofy short. And don't say anything, Richard, until he sees it, there is no common frame of reference. Like, he hasn't died yet, so we don't have a common frame of reference to talk about. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Spock. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> when you get around to seeing it, and hopefully, if you have to wait to video, they include yes. the short on the video or the DVD. I would think so. If you then we can talk because there's the there's a major box. question that I don't. I'm not saying I I disbelieve Richard, but if what he's saying is true, they did a damn fine job, and um, it looked well, really. So don't go any further, Richard. He's got to see I'm it. I'm just I'm just saying. I got my information from the other show, so we'll the talk other, about the other show. The other podcast. Well, there is no other podcast besides us and the other two we do, so what show did you get it from? Oh, jeez. You don't even <laughs> yeah. remember. 
no, no, no. I I know who you're talking about now. Right. Okay. Yes, the wine snob. Oh, mouse line. Gary. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But um, now you're still a Disney animator um, enjoyer, right, Mike? Richard, you both still enjoy Disney animation? Sure. And for the most part, every new one, regardless if your kids want to see it, you probably have some interest in seeing it. Correct. Yeah. Animation reenactment, if you want to call it that, is a large part of the Disney parks. Yes, no? Yeah. Okay. So you, you chance to meet your, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is that's kind of a is that kind of a draw to you that keeps uh, the place interesting? Not for me. No. Okay. No. I, I, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm trying to pull things out because I think we know the, a lot of the DF. It's a matter of they're they're all Disney all the time. I'll tell you what used to you know back in the day that I thought was fun or kept my interest up is when you know they used to release you know November they used to release their big animated feature for the year in November and shortly after that film hit the theaters the main characters were in the park mhm mhm you know when beauty and the beast came out the beast costume hey that looks pretty cool you know they made bella face character that you know she looks really Hot. They do a job. <laughs> they do a good job finding someone that looks like her, or, right? Sometimes you f- you'll find Belle in the yellow dress. Sometimes you'll find her in the farmer peasant dress. Do they do that anymore? Uh, when was the last? Well, they did for Buzz. Meet and the Robinsons. Oh, by the way, the Super Meet Bowl the commercial. Had, yeah. The Super Bowl commercial of Buzz and uh, Woody for Wally. Well, did you think that was pretty funny? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Now there's going to be a hard sell. How are you going to get Wally in the park? Lilo and Stitch was easy. I've seen some Lilo and Stitch, not a lot of Lilo and Stitch. What was what was Lots our Stitch, what was our last movie? Um, cars. Cars is definitely in the park, and those are cars. I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty good okay. transition. Uh, what was Wally, after- Wally is going to be easy compared to Cars? I mean, you got you have Push that's in the park, and Wally is going to be very similar yeah. to Push. True, but how big is Wally? How big? Uh, yeah. How big do you think Wally is without seeing him? In per- my, how do how do you visualize him? My, my impression of what I see Wally being about the size is about the size of about your average Xerox office copier. Johnny Fox. the trash It's about the size. Of no, you think of Johnny. Oh, you're going to bring that. Up. I had somebody bring that. Up you think he's that tall? No, I think he's a little shorter than Johnny Five. Somebody came up to me. One of the guys I talked to at work said. So, they're just making a remake of Short Circuit, and I'm going, oh, heaven forbid, no. Well, I, I think, think it's so. obvious by the the trailers, though he may have some similarities in look to uh, um, Johnny Five, the story is in no way connected yeah. to make or <laughs> anything. I find him to look more like some uh, service droids over That's at Star that's the way I look at him. He looks like one of the droids over at Star Tours. Yeah. Um, maybe that size. Push the trash can okay, size. Yeah, so, I mean, yes, it could be easily done. But the um, though they've done a pretty good job with the cars, cars, I don't think those cars' vehicles are as large as I would envisual, envisualize them in the movie. But it's And they're not 
Go ahead. And they're not interactive. Well, you don't get to walk up and talk to them. They just kind of slowly cruise around. And I've only seen them at, in Florida. Well, they've been. They're they, oh, really? They're at DCA a lot parked. Um, they're parked where the uh, De Havilland Beaver was supposed to be parked. Okay. okay. In there next to the garage. Okay. Sometimes, but you can take your picture, but you're right. You can't interact with them. And I can see Wally being something like that. Yeah, they can talk and they do the push thing, but to get people to line up and or queue up and take their pictures with it will be much, so much harder than with the average character. Well, okay. Um, because people line up and get their picture taken with push. Yeah, but I see that as a limited... It's a mechanical thing, and there's probably certain, you know limitations or worries about a mechanical device around kids okay. i think then you know first of all there's no, there's no hand there's no handler for push push is his right. own handler well correct there isn't there's no yellow shirt person standing by keeping the crowd in control saying when push is coming or going right no the guy talking can control that and if he needed to jump in because some kid was pounding on him he would probably just walk up as a cast member saying hey Stop it. Right? Correct. Right? We did have a kid get startled and kick the can over once. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Uh, yeah. But, but you, you, we, we don't, you, see my, you see the difference? There's no, there's no official yeah. marked escort for push, unlike any other character where people line up to get their picture. There's an official marked escort. Right. So if Wally comes out, they can easily put an official escort with him. Correct. Correct. Now... But there's other characters, recent movies, Meet the Robinsons, you know, the bowler hat guy. Yep. And Will Robinson. Yep. And and the dude from the I've future. I've seen this. him maybe once at DCA. I've seen them at DCA. The Incredibles have been in DCA. You know, our sponsor, Brian McDaniel from the Walt Disney World, The Full Report, mentioned to me on more than one occasion that he believes that Disneyland is devoid of characters. And about the only place he saw characters on the weekend he was here the last time was in DCA's Hollywood backlot. There seems to be a plethora of characters in a very concentrated area, but he mentioned that he didn't see a lot of them at Disneyland. I said, well, usually in the morning on Main Street, there's there's a fair amount of characters. They're there all day long uh, on Main Street. At the Opera House. On, at the Opera Manhattan, House. Manhattan, yeah. Of course, Toontown, if you go in the houses, you will always find them, but I was trying to really get a feel if, if I felt there were Less characters on the street here compared to in Florida. In Florida, I saw characters I rarely see here. A Clarabelle Cow, for example. I, I Richard could come oh, yeah. to me, but I, in the, when I go, I usually don't see Clarabelle Cow. I saw her every time I was at the Magic Kingdom. Pocahontas characters are out all the time. Yeah, who knows why that is? I, I have to say some of it's got to be just research. People request these here. There they request those. There, there's got to be an interest, or they wouldn't be out. I, I'm just—that's a wild guess. I, I would. I, I can't. Okay, what, what we we talked about Fine. your audiences. You know, Florida is getting a lot more European audiences. Do you think the cartoons play out a little bit more? Play out a little bit better? A what in Europe? Your your older classic cartoons a where what? you have. <laughs> cartoons. I'm not talking about animated features. I'm talking about cartoons. What cartoons are you speaking of? Like uh, the the Pocahontas would not be a cartoon. 
No, you're talking about things like uh, from your so like your uh, wasn't Clarabelle Cow? Was it Clarabelle Cow? Who was uh, who was the uh, hen? What was the hen's I, name? I've never seen the hen in the park. I've only seen Clarabelle Cow in, in, in that kind of genre. Which was she part of uh, Mickey Mouse cartoons? Wasn't she? Yeah, if I remember correctly, yeah. Well, Mike made a point of like the Pocahontas ones, and then you went off into cartoon world. Well, no, I'm well, no, I'm I'm just saying we have Pocahontas all the time over at Disneyland. Really? You see Pocahontas? Not as Captain John Smith. Not as often as I'd like to now, but yeah, every day. But she's um, she was out there quite a bit. Now it's during the winter, not near as much. Well, you know, we've also had a few features such as Tarzan, which might not be real appropriate to have him walking around in the park in his loincloth all day. Which uh, he was. He was out there with, he, uh, with uh, what's-her-name, quite a bit, when, especially when Tarzan's treehouse first opened up. Did, did he have one of those fake chests with the, you know, tannish-color <laughs> long johns over it? Nope. <laughs> no? Nope, and to my dismay, my wife kept wanting to go over to uh, Tarzan's treehouse one all the time. So oh well. I was I was surprised by the <laughs> images I've seen of um, uh, what's the what's the kids' cartoon the girl one who she's kind of like a superhero impossible yeah. impossible wearing the midriff and everything for the uh, in Florida at the Disney Hollywood uh, Studios. See, I've never seen yeah, she, Impossible. I've no, never I've seen only it. seen images of her, and she's she's they had a Kim Possible thing I think at in Florida. Though, yeah, there was a character meet there. I yeah, the guy looked a little sissy, unstoppable. Yes, I'm, well, I'm he, sorry, I, I'm a big Kim Possible fan. I like Kim Possible. So, is she hot to you? You think she's hot? Yeah, she's hot. She's hot. I'm into a redhead. <laughs> well, I was gonna mention, remember when the Disney afternoon was in I'm full into watercolors? What can I say? <laughs> when, um, when the Disney afternoon was in full swing, there were a lot of characters. And they did a big promotion, you know, because they had the stage show. They had that whole uh, Small World Mall dressed up. And you saw the characters Disney of, afternoon. Yeah. of Disney Afternoon a lot. Disney afternoon, yeah. I actually think that, that brought a fair amount of people in for that. But that was a good afternoon of cartoons. And that, you know, it was at the time when there was also, what was the Spielberg one that was going on? Uh, Toon, um, oh, Animaniacs. Oh, oh, Animaniacs. Uh, shoot. Animaniacs. Which is excellent. Which is hilarious. Speaking of spinoff of Animaniacs, uh, we're going way off on tangents here. Uh, Pinky and the Brain, on the Pinky and the Brain series, did you ever watch the end credits on that? I never watched it. The kids watched it sometimes, but I never watched it really. Watch the end credits because there's one spot where they're going through the credits and they will put down at the bottom part of the picture an off-the-wall word with the definition of that word. That is kind of off the wall, and it's even more disturbing is that you watch the credits of an afternoon cartoon show. Peaking in the brain, <laughs> still are. I'd like to see Animaniacs come back again. But well, that's another what show. made Animaniacs funny was their their tune versions of movies, ripoffs of good movies. Feathers. Good feathers. That's the one that stands out the most in my mind. I think is Good Feathers. Uh, uh, Rut and Rita doing. Um, Oh, what, what, what's that French Revolution? Les Miserables. They were doing Les Miserables. Runt and Rita uh, doing it. Oh, well, yeah. So, I mean, 
those were fun times. Uh, so I was trying to see if there was any collation from that. Uh, we're not really seeing translations of live action other than Pirates, which is, you know, obviously the Treehouse was brought in based on Swiss Family and the Matterhorn based on Third Man on the Mountain. Uh, we're not seeing those kind of Disney movies. I don't see us really praising Lindsay Lohan with some of you know, Freaky <laughs> Fridays or Herbie um, today. Though those, well, were, we, those were okay we, movies. She's just the disturbed young lady. We can uh, go on to the Utopia and run into each other on the Utopia. Hey, by the way, small. Oh, I got two tangents here. One, I'll cross my fingers okay. of. It has to do with Disney stars. And the other is, we read an email. And I really think we, we need to quantify something that we read spontaneously. And, and this is not an apology, but kind of a clarification. We read that email that kind of praised us, which we glad-handed, backhanded ourselves for putting out a weekly show. And he kind of ripped on a couple of the other podcasters that they weren't putting out weekly shows. Yes. And their, their schedules had, had drifted and lagged. And while that makes us look great and we're happy to look good and, uh, and keep a schedule for everybody, that's what somebody actually posted in our, our forum, I didn't realize my cast was regular and I couldn't help put the little pooping horse to say <laughs> we've always been regular. Yes. Um, with the oatmeal few, in the morning helps. With few exceptions, our show has been like clockwork, with, with few exceptions. Weekly, yes. But here's the major difference, and I can appreciate that because of the show I do um, also. We literally need to do a show that is how we prepare for our show because we don't. And literally tonight, we turned on the mic and said, we've got this email. Does this work? Good. Let's go. That was it. Sure. And even and even then, we, we've gone so yeah. far and, afield. And that's really the biggest preparation we've ever done. These other shows, yeah, Earl's might sound easy. He's just got a bunch of, you know, walking around the park. But I've walked with Earl. I know how he records and how much he records. And to put something together is not as easy as just taking that that recorder and plugging in and uploading it you know he, he jeff a lot of seriously putting putting them together too a lot of editing on there doesn't he oh yeah yeah definitely uh the same oh, yeah, with, yeah. with jeff or any of the other guys who do park audio um a lot of times they've done so much audio it's going back to find in their archives what they want to do this week what's relevant to what? what's going on what they're in the mood for uh you know my show takes Two or three days just to write it because trying to research the subjects. Two or three days of recording and a day of editing. And I don't mean full days, but, you know, you work nine to five. You come home, try to squeeze something in. You know, people like uh, uh, IT people, we have a few of those in our group. Sometimes they work weird, funky hours because they have to to work around their their clients' time, right? Uh, so it's not as easy as it sounds. So if you think it is to do shows as good as their caliber jump in, but uh, I'm not trying to apologize from them or don't think that they've sent me emails because they haven't, but I started to think, <laughs> you know, it made us look really good, but Hey, these guys are, yeah, we're, we're not come, yeah. <laughs> kind of a good example of why we're not. Well, we're, I, I'm not going to put it to the level of Seinfeld, but we're kind of like that where it's a show about not a whole lot. But because it's not, it's like regular guys, people connect with that regular guy thing. 
which is what made Seinfeld so good, is everybody's been in those situations with stupid things, right? <laughs> I mean, if you were looking yes. at Seinfeld, you know, who would be Jerry? Who would be Kramer? Who would be the mailman? I'm losing his name at the moment. Uh, you know, Newman. who amongst us would fill all these uh, these spots? You know, I can see. I liked something. it better when we were talking Ghostbusters in the past. Yeah, yeah, uh, that had some gosh. some familiarity, but and, regardless, and, I, I want to give those guys a, a you know a, a a pat on the back. Well, a, lo- a Laurel and a Hardy little golf handshake. A Laurel and a Hardy a Laurel- handshake <laughs> for our new. <laughs> 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 it's just it's unfortunate sometimes those podcasts go you know spread out but we turn on the mics don't we'll take the pat in the back but it's really easy to turn the mic on and bullshit for an hour it's Excuse really me. not tough Whip it out. now Wait. on the second pan- yeah, I heard what, <laughs> what you just said. Same, movie, same movie reference God. Uh, okay second thing is this hit me the other day and since we're tangent and we kind of got off why we like Disney, and we were kind of talking about some movies, with what's going on in the world today, there is a one particular celebrity who is worth millions of dollars, not to herself, but to tabloids. And she is one of a few okay. ex-Disney child stars who is majorly fucked up. Britney Spears. Okay. You've got Britney. You've got Lindsay Lohan. You've got, um, let's see, they actually were probably ABC before Disney had them. The two, uh, the Ashley and, uh, or the two. Uh, the, Olsen, the Olsen twins. The Olsen twins. One who is, you know, looks like death warmed over now. She's so thin and anorexic. Gosh. I don't know if like they're in the quote-unquote Disney family, but. Going no, back to Lindsay, what's that? Well, wait, well, wait a second. Michael Landon, Little House on the Prairie, that was filmed over at Golden Oak Ranch. Wait, 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 wait. There no, were portions of it that were, but how did you get the, the Olsen twins and that together? Little House on the Prairie? Mary-Kate oh, and Ashley were not I'm Little House sorry, on the Prairie. They were full house. I forgot about that. Uh, for a minute, I, I thought I was... Off in Long Island. No, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I went way off because I, because I was thinking of the two girls that, uh, the twins that played the little little yeah, girl. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I thought for a minute. Wait, that'd be a lot older. Um, sorry, lost it, it there. And you're right, Mike. Principal photography in Little House was not done there, but there were some episodes that had some use of the ranch. Sure. That, oh, that there, covered yeah, bridge is well, well known. Also, also, the town, the sawmill used to be there. No. The town for Little House on the Prairie was was at a completely different place called Skytop Ranch. One for Richard. It was not a Mike. Golden Oak. Good job, Mike. Um, so what is it with – Disney's had some really bad luck when you think about it. There should be – you know, these two should be banking Disney a lot of money. And Lindsay Lohan's done a fairly decent job, but I think it's going to be far few in between that she's going to get another Disney job. Uh, Britney Spears – Never again. Uh, I don't even see him wanting to play reruns of the Mickey Mouse Club, for that matter. Christina yeah. Aguilera's kind of had her no. ups and downs, but other than being smoking hot and a little off here and there, she's relatively normal I, in comparison. I, you know, 
I think Christina Aguilera is a great success story right there. No, she is. She she had her up and down years, I think, but she's in overall she's turned out relatively normal compared to the other two. And I don't want to hear what kind of poor right trash parents you had and what a hard time you had as a kid. You were handed everything with the money you were making and the privileges you had and they fucked it up. And and I you know, let's take a look at uh Britney's uh, partner in crime on the Mickey Mouse Club. I think Justin Timberlake's a pretty good success story right there, too. Yes. He's, he's done okay. What? He's but, done pretty good. But look at... Okay. Again, what, what usually gets more attention, though? Okay, granted, yeah. The, the attention on the tabloids. But, th- you know, this goes into the whole new question, and this should probably go on to the, uh, on to the political gestures, but... On your tabloids, how much of it is reporting the news and how much of it is making the news? We take a look at when uh, Brittany was released from the hospital. The story wasn't Brittany was released from the hospital. The story was, look at the traffic that these guys, all, all the near misses and the accident, these guys jumping out of cars and running through traffic trying to take well, pictures of her. Bill Handel did a really good thing the other morning. He was ta- Well, good thing. He was talking about this. And, you know, her, her boyfriend now that has been court-ordered away from her is a paparazzi and they've had let's say kind of a love hate with the paparazzis and it's a well-known fact that a lot of the stars their publicists let the paparazzi know where they are what clubs are at where they need to be seen they kind of create their own problem you notice the paparazzi don't really bother tom hanks uh, or Harrison Ford. You've got big name people, huge name people that don't get the paparazzi attention well, as much as is the skank whores of Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears. My, my, my understanding is the paparazzi's you know, okay, were I'm going after Harrison I, I'm, Ford and Melissa Flockhart this weekend. Okay. So no, no way near what the skank whores of Lohan and Spears get. And we forgot that the Simpson, she, I think, made the last season of the, of the Mouse Club before it shut down. She's done okay, though she's kind of her own little uh, drama. But, again, nowhere near the skanko white trashness of Spears and Lohan. And what were you going to say, Mike, because you were about to something? I'm just tired of, okay, we should. This, this is going on. <sighs> I have a problem with us talking about freaking Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Couldn't give a crap. Let's go back to the don't original care. subject. What was the original subject, uh, well, Michael? And that's fine, Mike. You're right. I don't care. Uh, what I care about, uh, maybe I don't really care about, the, the backwards image of where they came from as far as their start. I just find it ironic that these people who got their start from Disney, this clean family image, turned out to be such skanky hoes. I mean, go back to the original Mickey Mouse Club, the second Mickey Mouse Club, which almost everybody forgets there was. Um, and you really didn't have the skanky honus, though I do believe one of the original ones ended up either going to Playboy or having some semi-risque photographs. I'm no original Mouse Club expert, but I seem to believe there was a little rebellion going on there, but nothing, to the, nothing to the level of the new skanky honus of uh, these two. 
that sounds like a good uh, possibility for a future show. There is that will take that now? will but take course, that will take research. We don't do which that. is contrary to what we do. I know. So, anyways, but Michael, what was our original subject that, tonight? Where did we start tonight? Since we've gotten so far lost, uh, we got an email so from a call him small long time listener. What the original email was? No, I'm actually using a segue. No, I think you, I think he was serving me up. I think he was actually right. serving me up a softball. For, for a segue and not, to try to get back and not into try the show to get here. Thank you, Larry King. <laughs> alive. <laughs> yeah, Larry, Larry King. King alive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, good one, Richard. <laughs> Josh will get that, by the way. Probably uh, harder um, than anybody else will, but Josh will get that. So, as you were saying, Mike. Uh, wow, this. Okay, um. We got an email asking us what keeps us interested in Disneyland, even and though I we think, spend all I kinds of time there, or we're going all these years, or yeah, in Richard's uh, case, the works there. A lot of different things. It's like anything else. Uh, you know, you have certain things that you like for numerous different reasons. I don't think there's just one particular reason. And I think in his own in his letter, he himself dished it up that he enjoys going to it. He doesn't hit the same thing all the time. He kind of puts a variety in there so that there's something. A little bit fresh, a little bit new. If he was to hit the same thing all the time, he'd probably get bored with it. And I think that that's kind of the same as what we, where we come from on it is that we go in there and there's always uh, with the mindset of keeping things uh, fresh and new. And we're looking at what new items we can, whether if Mike, if our, uh, Greg's going in there with, with his photography, he's going in there as a photographer and he's looking for new angles and new insights to take things. I, I think there's no one answer, but I think beyond that, we've kind of killed this horse three times over. Well, uh, of course there's no <laughs> one answer because the answer okay. is different from, for everybody. That's true, too. Sure. I mean, that, there's, it's like a three-part answer or four-part answer for me. One is I go sometimes just to be reminded of what it was like going as a youngster. Because there's still some of that. You walk in, you know, I'm glad for the most part Disneyland oh hasn't word. changed all that much. Oh, my right? word. You still have main... Did you just no, see come what on. popped you up still... on here? I'm sorry, Mike, mm. to interrupt. For me... Did you just see what popped up on here on the Skype? Mr. Aussie John is ringing us right now. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. No, I have not oh, okay. seen it because he's probably hitting you. I interrupted, so... Continue, please. I thought you were talking about something else that popped okay. up, but anyway, maybe so Mike send it. To <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't send it to Richard. He can No, Richard, kid, <laughs> kid, look at those things and talk at the same time. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, where was I? All right, so yes, you know, we still Main Street, so the castle for me, still Matterhorn. Um, Submarines hey, are by back. The way, have, have you okay. written the submarines? Sir, some things since are gone, but there's still. We wrote it. Yes, I, I yes. have like two two more times. I haven't won, but not, I have not, not wanted not to since get last summer to the line on the subs. Yeah, the lines have been too long when huh. I've been there, and I haven't been interested. The subs the subs have been doing uh, like fifteen to twenty minute lines during the middle of the week. Okay, think straight, Richard. I work a professional job nine to five during the middle of the week so when i'm there it's usually the weekend or friday night and it's sorry that's why i'm not there so i don't know how it is on the weekend busy 45 minutes an hour 
Hey, by the way, have you, have you seen the new Elvis impersonator? Maybe it's not new, but there's an Elvis impersonator at the Tomorrowland Terrace. Tomorrowland Terrace, I heard about him, yeah. He's actually not bad. No, I have I met up with, uh, by the way, you know, if, um, if you go to... No, no I'm right here. Okay, we lost Richard. Uh, I'm right here. Oh, the one was that. that was, uh, what was that uh, uh, call end tone? Um, I met up in oh, the okay. park the other night with one of my uh, Flickr contacts, YB Normal, and he's got excellent photography work up on Flickr. So I had emailed him once today and said, "If this doesn't sound weird, uh, if you ever want to meet up in the parks, I knew he's an Orange local. Uh, let me know." So it took him a while because he's got a new baby and all that, but we met up one day. Funny, we're up taking pictures um, at the uh, Interventions building, and this other guy kind of saunders up, and he's setting his tripod up. He's got a cannon, so I'm kind of asked, he's, eh, you know, uh, what kind of cannon you got, blah, blah. He says, do we ever post pictures on the Internet? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm in this group called Rate My Disney Shots, and he's like, so am I. I'm like, what's your handle? And he was, uh, I think it's Nito1138. And I'm like, I'm imagining my way. That's why be normal. And here were these three Flickr guys that happened to run <laughs> into each other all in the same place. Um, it was just kind of ironic and, and funny at the same time. So there are other people out there, and we were there just to take pictures. So, that again, that's another interesting thing to me because I like the way the place looks. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued by the – I don't want to call it architecture because not everybody would look at it that way. They'd look at it more as – the fantasy of it, the experience. Yeah, it's, I'd say it's architecture. A sense of place. Other people might say the the immersiveness of the environment, uh, and that's you know that's what we were doing. We happened to see the the Elvis guy going, who had quite a crowd, by the way, uh, watching him. And there was this young couple who were changing their shoes to put on more of a dance shoe, which made me believe that he's been playing there a while because he's got kind of a a following and people knew to to bring their change of shoes to dance in and and, and all that. Uh, it, blue suede? No, they were not blue suede. Though I felt like his show would have been a mu- much more fun at Carnation Gardens. It was kind of cool having him come up and down on on the old Tomorrowland Terrace stage also. But uh, larger dance floor? Well, I don't know. The dance floors are probably pretty close to the same. Um, between yeah. those two venues, it might be a little bigger at Carnation. I think. It, I think part of the thing is you got a bigger audience mm. area. Audience yeah, well, CD you've got the food stuff. location and all that, which yeah. some dumbass pulled out over at the Carnation. Go uh, figure. You know, at the very <laughs> least, they could have left the ice cream section there, right? Okay, fine. They combined the foods. The idea was to make that you know Casa Mexicano or what do they call it these days? Um, uh, roast. Rosancho del Zocalo, Zocalo. uh, three types of food, which is now just one. Um, Okay, I understood they make some sense. They put a tunnel, you can connect them. But there's no ice cream there now. And where's your nearest ice cream cart? Out on the the hub somewhere? It just, I don't know. Someone wasn't, you know, someone had their head up their ass when they were thinking about that one. Okay. Regardless, the Elvis thing is kind of funny. And I'm not a big Elvis (laughs) fan, but he had a. Definite crowd. He definitely connected with the crowd very well. He he had a good stage presence. Um, you know, connected with you know, made eye contact. Uh, 
I'm not sure if he's making any kind of other contact, but he was, you know, doing all the the moves of Elvis, and he, he did all right. It was it was a fun show, so I'd encourage anybody that has not seen Elvis to go check him out. He lives right. at Disneyland. He lives at Disneyland. Oh, okay. Yes, he does. Very good. Well. Well, I was going right. to say, well, oh. I <laughs> well, didn't want to end the show, but. Ah, uh, finally. Somebody besides me. Being that we had technical difficulties, and I'm sure some of our more poignant uh, points were punched out when you're saying poop. We didn't, lo- lo- we didn't lose yeah, that much. Considering our content, yeah, probably not, really. Yeah, probably nothing. But to, you know, maybe our first F bomb, you know, no big deal, just something. You know. We well, had plenty since then. Okay, we don't want to sound like pimps and hoes and you know crack dealers, I, but the DPN's West Fest is coming up in May of the May third and fourth. The May see May third is our dinner with Yeehaw Bob, correct? Uh, get yourself there. So right. today get is yourself 12. there. So in one month and two days would be the last day of. Discounted tickets, is that correct? March March fifteenth, last day of discounted tickets. Correct. And and when's the last March day of 15th. tickets? No, oh, that's so stupid. April what dirtbag <laughs> April first. <laughs> but but <laughs> crack smoke. I guess we should move it up to the uh, but, last but I gotta day say, of March. My, my my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> it might not wait till till April first that the tickets are still selling pretty quickly. So they might be sold out before April 1st. So if anybody wants tickets, they need to get them now, not wait until March 30th. That is one of our best marketing employees we've done so far. Correct. They're going fast. Um, <laughs> right. But they are. I but, mean, but, but it is going fast. Wait until the last minute. Because, it's it's, you know, it's a it, limited amount. It's an example last year where we didn't have a headliner per se, except for the podcasters and their the content they were creating exclusively for the event, we sold out a couple months ahead of time, if I remember right. You could not get a ticket that day unless someone had overbought and needed to dump a few scalp. You know, we had a few scalpers that scalp. Correct. Yeah, we had a few of those guys scalping at the door, but short of that, uh, it was pretty much a sold-out event. And that would be sad for you to show up and not to be able to participate in the event and have to wait for wait for the podcast you know for a week or two later which is except, inevitable to come out you know. and except for the scalpers there will not be tickets sold at the door unless unless we don't sell out which we think we will correct well we sold out last year and this year uh, we actually have somebody there i i have no problem thinking we might not be we might be sold out before the discount ends you know so get them get them while they're hot uh we, yes. the boys of MiceCast, or I should say the men of MiceCast, we have our own special pre-event hosted by Aussie John and on our behalf. So we're technically the event holders, but we all know it's really Aussie doing it. Uh, that actually, I think, is is uh, rivaling, rivaling the sales of tickets for uh, the show. <laughs> I mean, we're getting a lot of sign-ups, a lot of interest. That may be one hell of a meet, which now we're trying to decide if we're going to do a live, sh- well, not a live show, I'm not going to stream it, but record a show at the Rabble Rouser event, which I actually think we need to do. I don't think there's a question now that we shouldn't do it. Yeah, uh, we should do it. We should do it. 
record a Re- show at should do what the Rebel Rosen. Kind of, kind of make it like oh, the John okay. and Ken well, we'll have 20th some anniversary show. We got week. everybody there. We ask questions. We bring somebody up to the mic. Uh, it's mass hysteria. Dog sleeping with cats. Fire and brimstone. The dead <laughs> rising from the grave. That's right. And I have seen shit that would turn you white. <laughs> anyway, yeah, right. Uh, is that enough for that? Is that enough on the uh, West Fest to remind everybody to buy tickets now? The Deep in West Fest. The DPN. Correct. Get it straight, Richard. The DPN's right. West Fest. Come on. And buy remember buy now our buy sponsors for the MiceCast program. The sponsors, uh, Greg, yeah. Brian McDaniel of the Walt Disney World, the full report, smart ass version of how to go to Disney. I mean, Walt Disney World, the full report, a where very well thought out trip planner to Walt Disney World. And Mike, our other one. Oh, you were talking about that one too. Yes. Uh, Orlando vacation. Um, but before we took, before I want to talk about that, I want to say I actually finished, was able to finish the full report, uh, the full, you, you, I have not read full, the full thing yet. Yes. I have been reading, but I haven't went through, I, I've been studying my, my, my hyperbolic paraboloid more than I have the Walt Disney world, the full report. <laughs> I, no. I, okay. I finished it. I think it's a, it's a good book. And if you've never been. And you're thinking of going in your dude, been. buy it. And yeah, even Don't if you have been to Walt Disney World, this is still a good book because it gives you some additional insights. And in. there's a lot of good tips in here that he, that it brings up that even some people that have probably been there a few times might not have thought of that particular tip. But all right, and the other place is if you go to our website, click on. Uh, the link there that's on the right is for orlandovacation.com. They're uh, they're a vacation home reseller. All sorts of packages. And they do other there. packages and stuff. Right. Yeah. Go over so, there and check out their packages. If you, uh... <laughs> but, but, yeah, yeah they, all, all sorts of neat things there between uh, uh, flights and rental cars and town cars and chauffeured limousines. You name it, they can do it. So... And, and right. where do they need to go to get to this? All right, link, so that's Mike? a micecast.com. Micecast.com. Ah, there sound. Yes. So have we, have we done enough pimping now? Okay. I think so. So I'll be the first to say it then. I'll I'll, I'll say good night. Everyone find us. Yeah, later. Okay, good night.
Thank you.